the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, March the 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On March 21, 1965, civil rights demonstrators led by Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. began their third march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. Today in 1685, composer Johann Sebastian Bach was born in Germany. Today in 1935, Persia officially changed its name to Iran. Today in 1945, during World War II, Allied bombers began four days of raids over Germany. Today in 2006, the social media website Twitter was established with the sending of the first tweet. The first tweet was sent by co-founder Jack Dorsey. He wrote, just setting up my Twitter. 2006, seems like yesterday. Today in 2007, former Vice President Al Gore made an emotional return to Congress as he pleaded with the House and the Senate committees to fight global warming. Yeah, he used that word, global warming. Now now that's out because that didn't work for them. He said many, many questioned... um, Uh, the science, but he said it's true, and um, he said we need to alert the world that the planet is going to self-destruct. It was a pretty uh, fire and brimstone kind of a message that he delivered, but it worked. He's gained in his personal net worth over $400 million since this little visit on 2007, March 21st. I don't know. He was introducing his global warming documentary, An Inconvenient Truth. They've changed all that now. That's what progressives do. They don't stay with one fixed idea. And I understand. I mean, if someone believes something and then they find that it's not true, we change. That's normal, just the normal act of living. But no, these people, these people, this is way beyond that. It started out global warming, the earth is going to burn. Now it's, well, the, those that 20 feet of snow in California, that's climate change. So they've transitioned from global warming to climate change because global warming just didn't serve their purpose. They use words to mislead people or the lack of words to mislead people all the time. That's why I have such a strong... Um, position about progressivism and it's just it's it's catastrophic to human existence because there's no fixed truth and without fixed truth nothing works right the universe certainly wouldn't function as it does in perfect predictability when they shoot a launch a spaceship from wherever florida they know where the planets and the moon and everything else, they know where they're going to be at ex- the exact time 
because God created the universe. It didn't just evolve this way. I mean, that that's unthinkable, except to the person who is a progressive. They know where the planets and the stars and everything's going to be because it is that precise. And while we live our life in a, in a climate and a universe that God created, so precise, we assume the role of God to say, oh no, the weather last year was 1.2 Celsius higher than the year before. And we failed to tell the public that within a span of a few hundred years that we've been keeping accurate records, weather has cycled up and cycled down. That's just the way God made it. And the big leap is from that to saying, well, the degree, we're up a couple of degrees or one degree, the oceans are going to overrun the, the Florida and blah, blah, blah. And yet, and yet it doesn't happen. They've been predicting 10 years, 12 years. Al Gore was making these kinds of predictions back when he, in 2007. They're all rich, though. They've enriched themselves off this movement and their friends who manufacture solar panels or whatever. I know that's hard truth, but it is the truth. This is so manufactured, this climate thing, the way it's presented. It's so manufactured. And yet the people inside of the movement cannot see the light because of the darkness. Today in 2019, President Donald Trump declared that the U.S. would recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That was a major shift in American policy at the time. Today in 2020, during a White House briefing, President Donald Trump doubled down on his support for the malaria drug uh, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, remember that? He was talking about that quite a bit. He said, yeah, it, it kind of works. He said, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about Dr. Fauci, but he said it kind of works and as a possible treatment. Well, now, uh, just a, three years later, we've learned a lot that we were told was wrong then. It's not so wrong now. At the time, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he said the evidence was anecdotal. Everything was anecdotal in those days. Hey, thanks for being with me this morning. Always a privilege to spend a few minutes with you and talk about the things that are happening in our world. There is a movement today in our world to move us more and more toward a global village. Uh, Hillary was a champion of that and others. The Bush Republicans, the Bush family, certainly are globalists, I, I would say, from what I've read. But in that context, there is these um, little mini-wars that go on, some of them merely political, social. But it's all there's all this intertwined web of information and deceit and one thing or another. We try to sort all that out here on this program and at least address some of the issues. And many of you who support this ministry, you recognize that. And thank you so much. I I appreciate that. I appreciate your support. It means a great deal to me.
I, just as an affirmation as well as certainly to meet our budget each month. So thank you so much for that to all of you who support us. Thank you. I know you know what we're trying to do, and, and I know you believe in it. And um, thanks for standing with us. These are very difficult, very challenging times to have a voice that's contrary to the mainstream um, agenda. Uh, even if you're not the biggest voice on the planet, it, it's it's challenging. And so thank you so much. Your prayers, your financial support uh, means a great deal to me. If you don't support the ministry, but you do believe in what we're doing, I would encourage you, strongly encourage you to pray about it, consider it, and um, see if God would direct you to join us and help us with this effort. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Well, the U.S. Capitol will reportedly increase security levels today in preparation for the reported indictment of former President Donald Trump. There was a statement released last night. Uh, the Sergeant-at-Arms and the United States Capitol Police, they anticipate demonstration activity across the country today related to the possible indictment of former President Trump. It, uh, I'm reading from their message they put out last night. To It was an internal message, but, the, of course, the press got a hold of it. But um, they said, while law enforcement is not tracking any specific credible threats against Capitol or state offices, there is potential for demonstration activity. USCP, the, the U.S. Uh, Capitol Police, is working with law enforcement partners, so you may observe a greater law enforcement presence on Capitol Hill. Well, I'm sure you will, because, I, I mean, who knows what will happen today if President Trump is indicted. But they're also trying to make a statement. They're trying to make up for their, their lack of presence back on January 6th when they were told specifically by Trump and others that there could be some demonstrations, and they didn't respond. Nancy Pelosi specifically did not respond. So the circus rolls on. Rand Paul, Rand Paul told the press last night, he said, he said, I don't know about Trump being indicted, but he said, I think the New York district attorney should be put in jail. That New York district attorney is, of course, in office because of George Soros and his globalist agenda. And that's what we're finding across the nation. And that's why we're getting some of these really unusual uh, rulings and cases, legal cases. Xi Jinping is in Moscow for peace talks. That's what the communists say. The quote of the day today is from Rebecca Colfer. She was she's a former uh, intelligence uh, official in our uh, intelligence network. She said the whole talk about the peace plan. This is all a charade. China benefits from Putin's war on Ukraine as long as President Biden is hyper focused on Ukraine. She believes that. Uh, Xi Jinping believes that he can do whatever he wants in the meantime. I think she's right on that. They touched down, President Xi touched down in Moscow uh, yesterday, greeted with a red carpet reception, military band played his anthem and Russia's anthem and so on. And Putin, I think, is trying to send a message to the West that Russia has a powerful new ally. I mean, I think that's what Putin is all about, and he needs an ally because he certainly, certainly removed himself from the rest of the world, for the most part. 
I got an email this morning. First thing I saw, in fact, when I signed on to my computer uh, a while back this morning, earlier this morning, um, it says, Hallelujah, Gary, all in capital letters. And I looked at that, and I thought, well, that's a, that's a good way to start my day. And um, it says, don't know if you are an... Uh, don't know if there are enough people left outside the state bureaucracy congregation to give the spirit opportunity in Washington, but I'm sure praying that will be so. And um, this per- this person signed her name uh, to the email, her first name, but she was talking about an article that I wrote today on our website on faithandfreedom.us, and I want to talk to you from that article today because I think it's extremely important. We live in a time where it's easy to feel hopeless. It's easy to wake up in the morning and go, "Man, you know what? What are we gonna? What's gonna happen today? I mean, what else can go wrong?" And when you think you've seen it all, then you learn you haven't seen it all. I mean, these people that are running this country right now, for the most part, are loony, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know. They just are so unpredictable. But progressives are always unpredictable because they have no fixed course. There is no there is no light. There is no anchor. There is no sail on the boat. They just go with the winds. Truly, they do. And I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean it out of deep concern. And that's the world we live in today. It can easily become a hopeless world. Your circumstances can easily become hopeless. Like, what are we going to do? What about America? What about my community? What about crime? What about people getting shot in the cities night after night after night and day after day, for that matter, in the light of day? Romans chapter 15, verse 13, speaks to that clearly and easily understood. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The God of hope. Remember that outpouring back in Asbury University? I talked about it several days on this program. It was captivating the country. Everybody seemed to be aware of it. Everybody seemed to be talking about it, or at least they knew about it. The national attention turned to Asbury University and the students there were praying and they weren't doing anything out of out of character for Christians, but yet it was so out of character as far as, as, far as where we are in this nation today, at least what it, we can perceive from the news and entertainment and, and so on. So the national attention was turned to Asbury University. When one of the chapel services concluded one day there, you remember this, they stayed to pray and worship. And they stayed, and they stayed, and they stayed. And they were moved by the Spirit of the Lord. And kids began to ask forgiveness for their sins, ask the Lord to forgive them, and ask one another. And all of the things that are what God wants for his people and for all people began to happen in this group, and it grew, and of course the word spread thousands over a period of just two or three weeks. Thousands traveled to Asbury to join the students as God poured out his spirit. 
The outpouring or the revival resulted in the forgiveness of sin through repentance, restoration of broken relationships, a renewed commitment to serving the Lord in various callings. The, the, the media was reporting that some were questioning it, however. And, of course, they went out and found various Christian leaders who were saying, well, we, we don't know if this is a revival. We just don't know. We need to give this time. We've got to look. I understand. I've been a pastor and in the ministry my entire adult life. I understand there are abuses. I get all that. But I've stood in the pulpit and I've handled large groups of people. And I know, I know, I know the nature of people in a religious setting, at least. After, well, I'm over 40. After several years... <laughs> in the ministry. So people would, the press would go out and find someone who was a quote-unquote religious leader, and some of them are people that I know personally, and some of them are people you would know. Maybe you support their ministries, I don't know, but I, I was disappointed in what the press was able to find. They were finding these people, some of them have radio programs, some of you probably listen to them on, on radio, but they, they were saying, well, I don't know if this is a real outpouring of God. I uh, We need to watch this, and we need to analyze it for a while. I don't know if they were trying to position themselves as some kind of an authority. I don't know what they were really thinking, but I will tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking, I wish they'd shut up. Anytime you have college-age kids in this environment on their knees praying to God, that's a good thing, folks. It's not a bad thing. We don't have to analyze that. Leadership, of course. Every church, every Christian religious gathering and event needs leadership, for goodness sakes. But you don't need to analyze it for quite some time, and then I'll get back to you. When the Spirit of God is moving, you move with the Spirit of God. It was real. In fact, so real that the outpouring of the Spirit began happening in other schools. But now the press has moved on. I want to talk to you a little bit today about, about Asbury, but about what happened after Asbury. Christian University was the epicenter of the revival movement. It sparked early in February. Tens of thousands of people flocked to the town. I understand there were people there just trying to see what was going on. They were curious. Some were there to hopeful. They're saying, wow, there is a move of God in this generation. Some simply wanted to be a part of the outpouring of, of God's spirit. They were from all different denominations. A similar move of God's spirit happened on a number of other university campuses. Interestingly enough, the young adults who experienced this shared many of the same experiences on different campuses. But when they would give a testimony of what they had experienced, it was similar because it was of God. This guy, AJ, for example, I've got, I've got reams of this. I've, I've kept a lot of, of this for my own just to read and to absorb. But this one guy, and I don't have time, of course, today to, do, to go through all of it, but AJ is a guy who is was attending and is attending Indiana Wesleyan University where they had a similar experience there. And there were many universities that did, but uh, Christian universities primarily, but not all were Christian universities. Some of the Christians in secular universities had the same experience. But this guy, AJ, he attends Indiana Wesleyan University. He talked about his experience as one of the most difficult in his life. 
He said the spirit of God was was outpouring into my life. And he said, I felt God was calling me to something, something specific that he said, I didn't want to do. He said, I was saying, no, God, I don't want to do this. He shares in detail, but in conclusion, he says, there is nothing. He finally came to peace with God and accepted the call of God on his life to do what he felt God and what he heard God speaking to his heart to do. In conclusion, he said, there is nothing that compares to experiencing the call of God on your life. That's got to touch the heart of anyone who loves the Lord. Well, what about after Asbury? Well, there's revival in the East and the Midwest after tens of thousands of people visited this Asbury University. Pulse. A ministry centered on young adults based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, headed up by evangelist Nick Hall. They held an event on the last Sunday of February at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. That was just following the Asbury gatherings. Approximately 3,500 people attended the gathering, which lasted from 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 p.m. until 11 p.m. They were praying and singing praise songs and asking God to save our nation and forgive their sins, and so on. This was a phenomenal event that brought a community together one afternoon and evening. Someone who was there said, we were amazed by how the Holy Spirit moved in lives and and lives were changed with the hope of the gospel. Somebody said, young adults who attended said, in several cases, there was an evident move of the Spirit during the preaching, the worship, the testimonies, the prayer times. The Lexington event came not long after this Pulse ministry had a multi-campus tour. They were holding similar events in Texas Tech University, the University of Georgia, North Dakota State University, Iowa State University, the University of Minnesota, University of Wisconsin, the University of Michigan. The group's next big planned event will fill the stadium, that's what they're calling it, FTS, fill the stadium, is scheduled for Saturday, April 29th, which is next week at the Gaylord Memorial Stadium at University of Oklahoma, revival is spreading. And these kids are saying, we want to be a part of how God is moving all across the world. Nick Hall says, when you see the wind moving, it's critical to throw up sails and follow the Lord's leading. I agree. We hope people experience more of Jesus. We hope they find through the gospel, find him through the gospel for the first time, as Nick says. He said, we hope they take the revival home with them and it spreads across the world. There's also a move on the West Coast. No, (laughs) to my friend who wrote, I I think, uh, I know who this is. I I don't know her well, but I I know her. We've had contact in the past. But uh, she's from Washington State. But there isn't anything that I know of scheduled in Washington State. If if there is, I'll, I'll talk about it. Or Oregon or... Arizona or whatever, but this is in California. And after this revival has spread across the country, and no, it's not in the news anymore, but it's going on, it's happening. Now this major outreach is underway in California for 10 stadium events planned across the region on April 1st and Palm Sunday. It's called Hope California, and the mission is to bring the Golden State back to God. Hope California was birthed out of a statewide 40-day fast organized by Lou Engel and 
Mando Matthews. I don't know who Mando Matthews is. I think I I interviewed Lou Engel once or twice on television some years ago. He's been in the ministry here on the West Coast for quite some time. But God gave Matthews a vision for these 10 cities. Now he says, we're going after the harvest. He said, it's a big vision. Covers seven cities in California and three in the Baja region. They're expecting to bring in thousands who want to give their lives to Jesus. This is what's happening after Asbury. So the people that look at this and say, well, these kids got all emotional and you know how kids are, man. They get all, you know, pumped up about something and and they want to stay all night in the chapel and so on. No, this is more than that. Just because it's out of the press and out of the public view, that doesn't mean that it's gone away. I mean, there's reason for hope in this world today. Really, there is. It's a big vision. These guys say, I don't, uh, um, Matthew says, that's the goal. We've been networking across the state in all 10 regions and churches are coming together. So we have set seven of the venues are stadiums. Three are actually iconic venues like the Capitol Steps in Sacramento, a pier in San, Fran- San Francisco. I presume that's that Fisherman's Wharf that he's talking about. And a big festival ven- venue park in Santa Barbara. And then the rest are all at stadiums where it will happen simultaneously on April the 1st and 2nd, Palm Sunday weekend, Matthew says. He has so much hope for California because God gave him a dream, a vision for the state, and he's following up on that. That's what these younger people do, these kids. They don't analyze it. They just go with it. In the vision, he said, I saw a sun rising over the coast of California. (laughs) That would be a miracle. He says, the sun usually sets on the West Coast, by the way. He's right on that. It does. But he said, in this vision, it was rising on the West Coast. And he said, that just told me that I believe God wants to do something on the West Coast. Then there's a revival within the church. After the United Methodist Church began to embrace the LGBTQ agenda, we've talked about that. I've mentioned it a number of times on this program. Methodist pastors, congregations began to leave the denomination, thankfully. According to the denomination's General Council on Finance and Administration, more than 1,800 churches in the U.S. have left the United Methodist Church since 2019. More than 1,200 of those 1,800 congregations have joined the new theologically conservative Global Methodist Denomination. That launched in May of 2022. What we're hearing from Methodist pastors and leaders now who have left the UMC and all of this LGBTQ obsession, they said they feel they are on the cusp of a spirit-led revival. One pastor in Texas said, I see a church here in Katy, Texas. It was a very large church that is just on fire for Jesus. I see God moving in ways that I never thought possible until this past month. Another pastor, this pastor Hunt, he feels a revival taking place in his church, which has seen a 70% increase in attendance in recent weeks. He said, we're experiencing new life in a way that we never have before in the United Methodist movement in my lifetime. And he was born and raised in the Methodist church and is now an ordained Methodist pastor. A Methodist leader says its movement that he sees spreading globally is from this split in the UMC's progressive view, it continues. He says, I believe we are on the cusp of great spiritual awakening around the world, and I believe God has chosen to raise up the global Methodist church to be part of that at this time. I agree. 
there is a moving of the Lord. While it's unnoticed by some within the Christian community, many are becoming aware and involving themselves in seeking God for his blessing and his direction. The direction of this movement of kids, young adults, and older people as well seems focused on Christ's great commission. Share the gospel. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.